you like stories about haunted locations, or maybe tales of cryptids and spooky folklore from around the world. If so, why not tune in to Haunted Escapes with Chris and Diane, where all this and more will be discussed. New episodes drop every Sunday, the visual versions the following Friday on YouTube. So why not come join us on our Haunted Escapes? Hi, this is Diane. And this is Kelly of the History Goes Bump podcast. We are in our 10th year of production for the podcast. And we can say without reservation that no other podcast has covered as many haunted locations as we have. We prove that history isn't boring. It's terrifying. Find History Goes Bump wherever you get your podcasts. Keep it spooky. This is just a disclaimer and sort of warning about this podcast. The Activity Continues podcast is in no way affiliated with The Dead Files, its production company, or any of its distributors. We are simply fans that love the show and love to talk about it and dissect it and, yes, make fun of it. But we do love it. And all of the opinions expressed herein are ours alone and have nothing to do with The Dead Files or any of its cast, crew, production, or distributors. And we swear. Enjoy. And welcome to the Activity Continuous Podcast. We are your hosts, Amy, that's me, and Megan. Hey, everybody. How are you? We discuss episodes of the Travel Channel's TV show, The Dead Files. This week, Megan will be recapping Season 5, Episode 9, The Perfect Storm, which aired originally on June 27th, 2015. And Amy is covering season seven, episode thirteen, which uh, which is on Discovery Plus, and it's Ho- episode fourteen on Hulu, uh, called "The Offering," and that originally aired March eleventh of twenty seventeen. Yep. And I looked at why it's off on Hulu because you know we, it, the, we yeah. the problem earlier was that where in season one anyway was that there was an extra episode uh, mm-hmm. on Discovery than there was on Hulu, and that isn't the case. In um, what is the season seven? Mm-hmm. That's not the case. Uh, the case is that Hulu numbered them wrong. There is no number 10. So it goes from nine to 11. And there's uh, all the episodes are the same. Right. They just numbered them wrong. Those bastards. So Hulu needs to get their shit together. Hulu. On that. If the CEO is listening, which yeah. obviously he is or she. Of course. Big fan. Uh, get it together. Yeah, he should be together. a big fan. We're hilarious. And while we're asking people to get it together, I would like to have a word <laughs> with Discovery Plus about why when I'm watching the show, it 
acts like it's going to go to commercial. And then it goes to the commercial for like two seconds. And then it bounces back to the show. And then it goes back to the commercial. Yeah. That's I'm happened really to me. It doesn't happen to me on, on Discovery Plus because I'm ritzy and I pay the extra dollar for no commercials. Oh. But it does happen to us when we watch Hulu. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. It'll go to a commercial and then it'll be like a commercial for like 10 seconds and then it'll go back to the show for like 15 seconds and then it'll go back to a commercial for like 10 oh minutes. God. And I'm like, People need to get you, their Hulu. shit together. Yeah. That's, that's ridiculous. Because, I mean, we pay for, we get Hulu live. Oh, yeah. We still have commercials. I mean, I know, we, don't, like, we don't pay for no commercials. We paid for no commercials mm-hmm. and we still had commercials. Yep. They were just less. And I'm yep. like, the fuck are we paying for then? Yeah, it is ridiculous. There are some shows and some networks that refuse to let Hulu take out the commercials or whatever. So even if you sign up for the commercial free one, you're still getting commercials. Quick interjection. So yeah. I get home and took a, a two and a half hour nap and so did Megan. So <laughs> good for you. It was a glorious nap too. Was, he doesn't um, normally sleep that long. So he slept from 2.30 to 5. I had to go wake him up. Oh my gosh. He was tucker. Yeah, I know. I think he might be growing. Oh, I hope yeah. so because uh, we went to the doctor on Monday and he's the sixth percentile in weight. And the eighth percentile um, in height. So a career in the NBA is out. <laughs> Maybe he could be a jockey. That's what I'm thinking. Either that or a pitcher because his left arm, he oh. throws and I tell you what, it goes. Oh. So, Right. Okay, good. Um, I'm hoping that. So, Baseball yeah, I players a- make a lot of money. I know. Listen, I'm saying. And there's not a lot of danger in it like there's in football, which he's never, no. ever going to play. Never, never, never. Over my dead body, will that kid right. play football? Right. Let's hope he doesn't like it. Yeah. Well, if even if he does, I'll be like, listen, kid, life's full of disappointments. We're going to start too early. <laughs> we can't all be what we want to be. No. I wanted to be a veterinarian, and then I realized I'd have to tell people their pets had to die, yep. and I couldn't do that. Yep. I did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I only wanted to be on the good side of being a vet. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to. I wanted to mm-hmm. make animals and people feel better. I just didn't. Yeah. There's no way, I don't think there's any way I could administer. I could, but I couldn't tell it. I couldn't tell them. Um, I couldn't tell the families and not cry with them. Yeah. Like, I, I would have to cry with them. Yeah. There's no way I can go out and tell somebody their cat of 20 years is now dead. Yeah. And be, like, stone-faced about it. Yeah. No. No. You probably would get more desensitized over time, but then that's mm-hmm. icky, too, you know? Yeah. But um, I have had vets cry with me. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. I don't have a problem yeah. with that. No, that just shows that they're human. Right. And and they can relate to you. Actually, it's better. Um, anyway, speaking of animals, so at work today, um, so when we have a new person start, we always do like a, a welcome meeting. Mm-hmm. And to keep it from being super boring, we um, I come up with different questions like, if you could be a mythological creature, what would you be? Or would you rather go ahead in time and meet your descendants or go back in time and meet your ancestors and, you know, fun stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so today's question was, if you had to replace your legs with the legs of any animal, what legs would you pick? 
And I had so many fun, like so many pieces of information about animals that everyone was like, you should have been a veterinarian. And I'm like, listen, I watch a lot of nature shows. Yeah, you do. (laughs) I do, which is, you know, it's tough because nature's brutal. Like it Uh is fucking brutal. There's a bird that has two babies and whichever baby is the strongest, it feeds and then it lets the other one die. Oh, jeez. I think it's uh, it's a really ugly bird, too. I mean, not you know, birds are all kind of <laughs> ugly, but it's like a, a stork, a, oh. like a long-billed stork or something. Okay. Yeah, so two eggs. One of the, egg, one of the chicks bullies the other one until nice. the mom is like, oh, you're the strong one and I'll feed you. That seems like sending the wrong message. Yeah. Nature's brutal. Anyway, sorry, I got yeah. us off on a discovery nature tangent. Well, I don't know okay. where that came from, but... We went from vets to nature to birds to <laughs> animal legs. Good. I chose an emu animal leg for the really oh. long claw in the middle. Ah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Do you follow the useless farm on TikTok? No, but now I'm going to. Oh, you're going to have to because there's a woman. She runs. She's It's her TikTok and she has a farm and she has chickens. Is it and- the two Is it the two emus and one emu is a Karen? Yes. Yes. How? Do you know that I might follow her? I didn't know that was the name of the farm, the yeah. account, but that Karen charges her and she just puts her arm out. I know. I would be shitting everything I'd eaten in the last week. I know. And she just is like, Karen? She's like, Karen, fucking back, step back. <laughs> and Karen's like, or whatever emo she did one, Yeah. She did one video where Karen was coming right at, this, at the camera and it was terrifying. Like her They're beak fucking came right big. in my face, and it was yes. terrifying. And she's just like, "List, like what?" Yeah. What's the so, other one's name? There's two of them. There's Stanley. The one I think is the Stanley. other one. Yeah, he's a sweetheart. He is. So you have to watch her most recent ones because Karen got a hat. <laughs> they have like a little knit hat they put on her. Yeah. Okay. She's a different bird. Is she? Mm-hmm. Okay. You got to see I saw- it. I saw the one where she fed them each a carrot and Karen tried to eat her finger. Um, <laughs> and I was like, that is such a Karen thing Karen to do. Like, I know Karen. Like, we're best friends. Yeah. But you know what? I wouldn't be best friends with Karen because she's a fucking bitch. Not that Karen. No, she's, Not that Karen. She's something else. She got a toot, as my husband says. <laughs> a toot. So one thing I wanted to mention, I spent most of today... Not doing what I was supposed to be doing. What I was supposed to be doing is setting up the sound and trying to figure out how to get the best sound to mm-hmm. work and everything. And instead, I was like, oh, I think I'll just remix the promo I made last week Kay. and make it a little bit more interesting. Obviously. So um, to back up for those who don't know, we are doing a little promo exchange with another podcast called Haunted or Hoax. Mm-hmm. And so we created a promo and they created a promo. We traded them and we are going to, we're now putting their promo in, in the middle of our show as sort of like an ad, but it, you know, it's not really an ad. Um, and then they're doing the same for us. And I made a promo and it was only like 40 seconds. And I decided I wanted to do a little bit, beef it up a little bit more. I don't know. I'm, I'll let them know I made a new one. I'm not going to ask them to use it if they want to. Yeah. They can, if not, whatever. So I spent all day making that. And I put it up on Patreon. Okay. And you follow us on Patreon, right? Yeah. So yeah. you will get an – you should have gotten an email okay. saying that it's up. So you can listen to it. Yeah. Um, 
And then I also wanted to mention, speaking of Patreon, we have a new patron. What? Yes. Nah. Uh-huh. No, we don't. We do. Do we know them? Yeah, I think you know her. Her name is Amy Piersack. <gasps> Maybe I'm pronouncing that wrong. Yes, I love Amy. Yeah. What? She's a whole bunch Patreon? of Amy's. I would have to text her. She's yeah. a. You guys, if you want. Uh, the downest of down bitches. Amy is your girl. <laughs> and cool. she works a lot with a wildlife sanctuary. So she's got like oh. pictures of her and wolves. And I'm like, <gasps> I know she lives the life. Oh, my God. She's got I think she has four, four labs, four black labs. Wow. Yeah. So she's amazing. Oh, Amy, thank you. Yes. Thank you. She subscribed at the $5 level too, big spender. Wow. So she will be able to join us for our online happy hours when we do these. Yeah. And she, she, oh my gosh, she snaps me with like the, the most delicious drinks. Like the one she sent me tonight was like this wild berry cider. Ooh. I was like, please help. I will come and get that. Like it yeah. looks so good. Is she oh, local? I, Does she live here? Yeah. She lives, oh. um, she lives in the metro. Yeah. So oh, she, good. cool. Yes. Well, then maybe oh, we Amy. could do a happy hour, you know. All in person, too. We should. Yeah. It'll be the two Amys and me. Yep. Yep. (laughs) And Melissa, she'll come, too. And Melissa. Yeah, she'll come. Maybe she can read us some of her poetry or not her, or her, um, from her her podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then also, one of the things, other things that we've been busy with this week is uh, I sent out a newsletter. I love it. We do have on our website, there's a place where you can go and sign up for our newsletter. And then once a month, I will send out something that has all the episodes, like links to all the episodes that we've released since the last newsletter and little tidbits or extras or whatever, little whatever we decide to put in there. And I just sent one out yesterday. Was that I yesterday? I think so. Yeah. And so I will, um, I'll, I'll be sure to put a link to that in the show notes and you can click on over there and sign up for the newsletter and stay in contact with us. And it's great because, you know, most newsletters are like 15 pages. Oh, this yeah. one is so like concise, like just one short. page. Yeah. Doesn't have too much. Just a couple. Just what's up. What's new. Yeah. For those who like maybe don't follow on social media or don't, you know, whatever. Don't snap us every <laughs> snap just us their delicious stuff. looking beverages. <laughs> Oh, I did notice um, because I signed up for it through one mm-hmm. of my other emails and mm-hmm. I didn't get it and it was in my spam folder. So oh, if, check your spam. Yeah, check your spam. Put the activity continues at gmail.com in your contacts and that will help make sure it doesn't go to spam if that happens too. Mm-hmm. Happen if you sign up and you don't get anything. That's that's why. Uh, let's see what else. Um, TV shows. Are you watching anything new that we haven't talked about? Oh, have we talked about... Um, Downton Abbey. Oh, you only mentioned last time that you liked it. Oh, uh, and I don't yeah, even know so if I've, we kept that in. Uh, so I've started. Uh, so each episode is like literally a mini movie. They're like mm-hmm. an hour to an hour and a half long. And mm-hmm. so, and I'm so my anxiety manifests in um, a lot of fun ways. But one fun way it manifests is I can't watch dramatic shows like in 
succession, like one right after the other, because I get extremely stressed out. Like, I loved the show Revenge. I could only watch one or two episodes because I'm like, I would like physically be tense. Well, I remember sitting with you when mm -hmm. you came over one night and I wanted you to watch Orphan Black. (gasps) Yes. And we watched the first episode and you were like biting your fingernails and rocking back and forth. And I was like, maybe this isn't the show for Megan. (laughs) It is just in small dosage. (laughs) It's a good show. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, Downton Abbey. I need Abby. to finish that actually because um, it was she was a phenomenal actress. Oh my god, she's so good. Tatiana um, Maslany. She's yeah. Amazing. But yeah, so I'm just um, I started season three, um, and there's only six seasons. But Maggie Smith, we all oh must my bow god. down to her. What is a weekend? She. I need to master the art of a veiled insult like Maggie Smith because she is chef's yep. kiss. Yep. Yep. It is perfection. Yeah, she's amazing. So what shows are you watching? So I am watching, I think I talked about Severance last time. It's on Apple TV and oh, it's yeah, Adam yeah. Scott. Yeah. Yep, so I'm yep. still obsessed with that. And it's so good. He's such a good actor, though, honestly. And he's really, really good in it, too. And Christopher Walken is in it. I mean, <gasps> what? it's amazing. It, uh, the people in it are all really good. The script is good. It's fucking weird. So it's just Weird. Like good weird or like weird. Good weird. weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. Like there's a scene of a guy sitting at his office and the slime comes off the wall. I mean, it's like weird stuff that you like wouldn't expect. It's very dreamy and trippy. Okay. I love it. Nice. And then I also, I don't believe that we have talked about the show on mm, sci fi called Resident Alien. Mm -mm. Okay. Do you. Do you know who Alan Tudyk is? Is he British? I don't think so. I, that name no. sounds familiar. No, I've got he was in Firefly. Up. Oh, yep, yep. He's the yes, yes, yes. I know who he is. Yep. Okay. So he is. He plays um, an alien mm-hmm. who comes to this kind of smallish town in, I believe, Colorado. Okay. And he is uh, trying to get his. He, he was left there basically by a spaceship that crashed. And so he is trying to blend into society. He has taken on the, the look of somebody who works, lives in the town. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's hilarious. It's weird. He is speaking of like actors who are just amazing. Mm-hmm. He is, he's so good in this. And the whole cast is really good. It's really fun. It's sweet. It's funny. It's got I'll have to check this out. Yeah, you'll have to look for it. It's got everything. It's on yeah. um, Hulu. I think we're watching Hulu. it on Hulu. Okay, nice. Yeah, he he was the chicken in um, Moana. Hmm. I don't know if you've seen Moana. But I did not see chicken. Moana. No, that's cute. No, no. And then the last recommendation I have. Yeah. I think you might like this one because do you remember when you and I were obsessed with the circle? Um, do I remember? It's still going on. <laughs> I'm waiting for the next season. Okay, yes. so my friend Jody told me that I need to watch Love is Blind. On oh, Netflix. I've seen that everywhere. Yes. And I saw I remember watching part of first season or maybe whatever season was on before this one. I don't know if that was the first, but I remember watching a little bit of it and I was like, okay, this is dumb. I don't like any of the people and I I didn't watch it. Mm-hmm. So Jody's been bugging me to watch it. And so I, I've been seeing these commercials for season two. Mm-hmm. I think it's season two. 
And I'm like, fine, I guess I'll watch. I'll watch season two. So I started watching it. And I'm like, nope, I still don't like these people. They're all just fucking weird. Yeah. Um, but then after like the second episode or like halfway through the second episode, I was like, all right, uncle, I kind of care. Mm-hmm. So then I'm like texting her and I'm like going, this guy's a psychopath. <laughs> and she's like, oh, he grows on you. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> so um, it's it's one of those like if you just want some like trashy shit to have on mm-hmm. while you're playing games on your phone. It's perfect. Yeah. OK, perfect. Yeah. Sometimes you just need that trashy shit in yeah. the background. Yeah, I mean it. Then it, it makes me—it's like a palate cleanser. Yes, exactly. I mean, you can only watch like you know chippy, weird, cerebral shows for so long. Mm-hmm. You gotta have—you mm-hmm. gotta have something else to like. Oh, I've started rewatching Psych, too, which oh. I watched that back in the day, and that—that's yep. just a funny. I love that cute show. show. Yeah, Resident Alien is a very similar vibe. Oh, real? Okay. Yeah. All right. So I think you would like that. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to. Oh, yeah. The Alan Tudyk, he was in, Um, he was Steve the Pirate in Dodgeball, too. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't <laughs> know if you saw Dodgeball. But. I saw Dodgeball long, like when it came out. I haven't seen it since. We should get going. So you yeah. are first this week. I'm number one. <laughs> I'm number one. Just kidding. <laughs> um, okay, so I did the perfect storm, and this was a doozy. Like this was uh, this one got me a little bit. Um, there, there is a true crime portion, but I don't believe there's much to be found beyond what they say okay. in the episode. And I don't think there's any other trigger warnings. Um, so we have Amy, she, Amy the client. There's lots of that's a oh very my gosh, so many Amys name. in this episode. Maybe we should title it something like that. Something something and yeah. all the Amys. So many Amys. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love it. Okay. Boom. There it is. So we have a newlywed mother of two um, who just moved into her husband's home. She moved in there four months ago. She's got married uh, and she has two little kids and she said it's pure hell living there. Uh, Phil, her husband. um, So Phil had the house before he met her and we'll interview him later. And he said nothing started until they moved in. And so it's her husband, her 15 year old son, Jarek, and her 10 year old son, Matthias, who's also on the spectrum. So he's not really in the episode too much. So she said they they hear things, doors will open and close. Um, They've seen shadows and apparitions, and it's now escalated. Two people are getting touched. And so she called Steve and Amy in because she needs to feel like her family is safe. She wants to make sure they're safe. And right now, she doesn't think they are. Not when you're getting touched. No, not fun for anybody. So Amy thinks that she and her older son, Jarek, who's 15... They have the most experiences, and and she said Jarek will really get angry, and it doesn't stop, and so he gets really angry. So they're very religious, and and that's brought up a few times, and she shouted at it, and she said, my God is a lot stronger than you are, and she said she feels like that has made it worse, that pissed I was going to say, that would certainly piss off a demon. Yes, yes, Mm -hmm. And, and Amy doesn't say it's a demon, but you know, when I've had my hauntings, I've... Part of me, and I've said something to the things before, like, go away Mm -hmm. or, like, leave me alone. But at the same time, part of me is, like, do I do that? 
and acknowledge it and potentially Mm. make it stronger? Or do I, you know, do that and like scare it, not scare it, but you know what I mean? Like realize that I know it's there and then it stops. So I'm always torn in between that acknowledging and giving it power or, you know, saying something to make it leave. Does it usually work when you tell it to go away? No. It doesn't. I had, you know, when those we talked about last episode, when the um, whatever it was was screaming in our ears, Mm -hmm. um, I told it to stop. Mm -hmm. And I was nice about it. I wasn't like going, Mm -hmm. you fuckers. But I was like, you know what? Can you just not do that? It's really annoying. You know, and it's not doing anything. Um, And I said, I bought you a piano. Go down and play the (laughs) piano if you want to make noise. And then it did, didn't it? I uh, No, it did not play the piano. I dreamed oh. that it did one time, and it was a lucid dr- dream, okay. so I thought it was real. And uh-huh, I woke up scared uh-huh. shitless, uh-huh. but it wasn't. I woke up, and it was not real. <gasps> but but yeah, so they but the, it did. They did stop yelling in our ears. So oh good, they listened to you. They didn't listen to me. But you know, I don't know. Um, so they go into the basement. It's always the fucking basement. As I record <laughs> in my basement, no, it's fine. I'm in my um, basement Amy, too. <laughs> yeah. Amy doesn't like it in the basement. She said she feels like they're being watched. And so Steve is like, even now. And she goes, yeah, even now I feel I don't like it down here. I feel like I'm being watched. And she said, well, the the most terrifying experience was um, when I was pushed down the stairs um, quite forcefully. And it's really funny because Amy will come back and explain this like paranormally, but she'll connect the dots. She said it's sent her into the wall. And she doesn't know if it'll happen again. So, which obviously I would be scared too. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. So then they go into the master bedroom um, and Amy has seen a shadow figure by the bed looking at her. And she said it was tall, close to probably six feet tall. So in her office, she's typing on her computer and doing some work. She said the next minute she was screaming and she was on the floor. Her son called 911. She said she had fallen and the chair had landed on top of her and she was unconscious briefly. And so her son had called 911. Oh, my God. Obviously. So she felt like the chair was flipped over with her in it. So Steve is really dubious because he's like, well, have you had fainting spells before? I was going to ask if she had seizures. Yep. And well, he didn't ask that. He asked if she had fainting spells. And and she said, yeah, I've had fainting spells before. But she said she thinks it's paranormal. And Steve's like, I don't know. (laughs) Like this, you know, I don't really, you know, think this could be all paranormal because, you know, Steve. Yeah. And she's like, I do think it's paranormal. I had no warning. I didn't feel weird that day. Everything was fine. And it was with enough force that I landed across the room with my head into the wall. God. And so Steve is like, well, would you move? Like, what if, you know, the question he asks. And she said, if the kids were in danger, she said she'd move tonight, which, yeah. Yep. So then we talked to Phil, who's her husband. He said he bought it before they met, never had any activity. Then he said he was sleeping at 3.30 in the morning. He was restless. He rolled over and looked over his shoulder and he saw in the doorway a silhouette. Stared at it for about five seconds. The eyes were clear. Everything else was black. And after five seconds, I looked away, looked back, and it was gone. And that's when I was convinced. Okay. Ooh. He said he hears doors opening and closing, but he said he'll hear the bedroom door latch and then open again. So, like, there's no way it's not, you know, the wind or or something, you know, any of that. Yeah. So then we talked to Jarek, who's the 15-year-old. 
Mm-hmm. And um, he said his attitude changes a lot. He said out of nowhere, he'll just get really pissed for no reason, very angry at the whole world. And he said he thinks there's three shadow figures in the house, a taller one, um, and then two shorter childlike ones. And you'll see, he said, smaller things kind of peeking around a corner at you. No, thank you. Mm. He said he doesn't sleep very well. And he said he was watching TV one night and something came over and like slapped his leg and he slaps his leg and he said harder than that. Oh, my God. He said he feels whatever is in this house doesn't like religion, which I don't know how much of that is him and how much of that is his mother. You know, you know, maybe he is very religious and I'm not saying that he can't be, but I'm also saying, you know, kids are what's the word I'm looking for. They believe what you tell them to believe because they're kids. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you're his mother. He's going to believe her. So then, you know, we got to go the history of the house. And this is a really interesting history. So we go to a genealogist, not a gynecologist, Russ Pollitt. (laughs) And the original owners of the house ended up broke, alone, and insane. And those were, that was a quote. Oh, those are not good things to be any Not good things to be any time, yet alone altogether, Mm -hmm. all three at a time. Um, So there were two gentlemen. The first was Henry Baldwin. He was a prominent judge. And that's the picture I sent you that you thought looked like a sketch. Mm -hmm. Um, He inherited the property in 1807. Did I say where we were? Where are we? I don't think you did. I don't think I I think we're in Ohio. I think we're in Ohio. Whoopsies. So he's a, a prominent judge from Pittsburgh. So he hired Moses Bigsby to manage the property. Um, And then in 1808, he sold it to Moses. So Moses um, has a little bit of issues with it. In in 1816, his daughter Lucy dies at the age of 27 from unknown causes. And then Mm. in 1821, his wife Lucy dies at the age of 61, which to be 61 in 1821 is kind of a big deal. So that's not pretty unusual to me. That's not exactly young back then. That's no. So and then... You know, Steve was like, well, who went crazy first? His words, not mine. Steve, we don't use that word. So for it was Paul Baldwin. So he was appointed to Congress in 1822. And then he stepped down um, shortly after taking his seat. He uh, wants the property back. So he goes and he wants it back. Takes Bigsby to court, who he sold the property to, and Bigsby won. Um, but it was a shallow victory for Bigsby because later that year, he was declared insane and he had guardians appointed to oversee him and kind of watch him and make sure he's all right oh like britney spears yep but but way not as worse as britney spears because they didn't have a snake for a family like britney spears poor Poor, child oh god i feel i should say child she's 40 now do you know that yeah oh i'm glad she's free her whole family are just monsters her father i know Mm -mm. the worst the fucking worst they used her she's oh god yeah no, it's money they made off of her. Yeah. Oh, God. And she doesn't even get to keep it? Mm, it's fine. We're fine. That's a whole new podcast. She's free um, now. Thank God for her. Live your life, girl. Live yeah. it. Get pregnant yep. if you want. Have another baby if you want. Yeah. She wants to. I know she does. It's bullshit. She couldn't. I know. Rant over. Yeah. Sorry. Rant <laughs> over. Um. So he's got guardians to oversee him. In 1826... Bigsby escapes his guardians, runs away, falls into a river, and dies of pneumonia. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Poor Bigsby. Bigsby. And then we just cut to Baldwin, who died in Kenyon's favorite phrase, penniless and alone 
in a hotel in <laughs> Philadelphia. So not a good end to either one of them. Oh. So then we get into a couple of different crimes. The first one is really, and I don't, it's interesting. So a woman, we start off really strong. A woman kills her husband during a forced baptism next to Amy and Phil's property. And it's a bit of a misleading t- uh, title because when I think that, I think that like the husband was baptizing the, the child and she didn't want it to be baptized and she like stabs him. That's not what happens. No. So um, Steve meets with a local pastor named Jason Allison, and they start talking about William McCoy. He joined the National Guard in 1917 before World War One, and then he, you know, went to fight overseas, got bombed by the Germans, had some gas, you know, bombed by gas, had to come home. Not just, not just the farts. Not just the farts, <laughs> the actual gas, not like right. the toot toot gas. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Um, so he got tuberculosis due to lung damage. Got to bring that right down. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, so he got tuberculosis, um, and he met Bertha Wilson, and that's the picture I sent you. Good old Bertha. And they got married. And then in 1925, his lungs basically failed, um, and the hospital sent him home to die, and they were like, Godspeed. They sent him to his foster parents, and so... The foster parents, here's where it gets tricky. The foster parents called in a local pastor to baptize him. And the, this pastor does a sprinkling baptism where there's toot, 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 and then you're uh-huh. baptized. Bertha wants a fully immersed baptism. Oh, okay. Fucking Bertha. She's like, we go bigger, we go home. <laughs> and so they do the immerse, uh, the immersion baptism. And like within minutes, he dies after the immersion baptism. My um, God, how long do they hold him under there? <laughs> long enough to clean his soul. There were never charges filed, though, because the sheriff was like, well, I mean, he was going to die. So. Oh, God. Do You know. We're, we're we not, just helped him along a little bit. We just sped it up. It's fine. <laughs> so he's like, this is really interesting because do you remember when we talked about Amy and Steve and – We talked about how, you know, sometimes Amy will walk the neighborhood. Yeah. So Steve said, he's like, I don't know how wide Amy opens up. So he looks into the property and surrounding neighborhoods. And so he found a teenage kid who murdered his girlfriend near their property. So then we go to retired Captain Adam Moore. In 1953, a young girl was murdered less than a mile from the property. We've got Cynthia Feigl, Feigl, who's 18 years old. And Roy Schnagel, and he was convicted. They dated for about two years. Um, September 16th of 1953, Cynthia's lifeless body was found. She was strangled. Her face was bludgeoned so much that she was unrecognizable. Oh, no. And then Roy confessed um, to the crime, and, and they surmised that he bludgeoned her to prevent recognition. There was never any motive that they, uh, that they like, that he told them. He said they argued a little, but nothing to denote that type of violence. Found guilty of second-degree murder. He served 10 years and was paroled, and he's still alive as of the air date of this episode and was living it was somewhere within the state. Wow. So, yeah. Um, so now we, we go to Amy. And so she gets there, and she said a lady feels like it's hell for her to be there. 
She, Amy thinks that this person had money and nice things, but her husband made them move there and things didn't go well. Um, this person said she's going to give him a taste of his own medicine. She's complaining about her mother-in-law. The older woman, like the mother-in-law hates the daughter-in-law. Hmm. They didn't, she thinks the daughter-in-law didn't take care of the family. Um, and this ghost is making her really anxious. Um, and, and she saw her, uh, looking like a corpse. And so then she goes into the basement and she sees a bunch of people cowering in the corner, like hunched over. Oh. Cowering. She said about 10 to 15. Jeez. Ghosts. Yeah. She said the living would feel very uncomfortable. They'd feel fear, but it's from the ghost. It's not, you know, from them. It's the ghosts are giving that off and the living are feeling it. Okay. Something runs down the stairs and, and down the stairs ahead of her. Um, and so that kind of, you know, was, was happening when she was going downstairs. Okay. Um, so then they go upstairs and she said something is running around upstairs, something very dark and fast. Something is dripping off of it. She said it looks like it crawled out of a swamp. There's just stuff hanging down from it. Oh, gross. Yeah. And Matt asks if people could see it. Can people see it too? Oh, yeah. This is the thing that they're encountering big time. They can't sleep. They're having like apparently out of body experiences. It's making me nervous and panicky, and it touches people. They, uh, they can feel it. it. Gives you like the chills. Hey everyone, we want to welcome our new sponsor, Gobble. As you know, life can get pretty hectic. Between work, errands, and family time, who always has the energy to plan, shop for, and cook delicious meals every night. That's where Gobble comes in. It's a meal kit service that takes the stress and guesswork out of dinner. I used to dread the what's for dinner question every night. Gobble has been a game changer. They deliver fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and easy to follow recipe cards right to your door. Exactly. No more last minute grocery runs or scrambling for inspiration. Plus, the recipes are incredibly diverse. From healthy options to comfort food classics, there's something for everyone. And let's not forget that cooking together can be a fun family activity. Gobble's recipes are simple enough to involve everyone in the kitchen, even the little ones. So if you're looking for a way to make delicious, stress-free meals that the whole family will love, head over to the link in the show notes or on our website to get your first six meals for $36. Gobble. Make dinner amazing. We want to give a shout out to our newest affiliate partner, Just Brands. This is the company that makes the CBD and THC gummies that I have been talking about. I have purchased both the Delta 8 and the Delta 10 versions, and they're really nice. They're actually really tasty too, but I wouldn't recommend just eating a ton of them at once. I did buy them to help me sleep. And well, let's just say that one night I took one and when I went to bed, I felt myself melting into my bed. It was lovely. For a limited time, you can get 20% off these treats when you go to justcbdstore.com or just follow the link in the show notes and then use our promo code ACTIVITY24. This offer is good until March 27th, so get your gummies now. So they go into the master bedroom. and She said this thing is in there most of the time. She said there's a woman with light hair being grabbed by the back of the neck and then he's like, the thing like slams her head down oh, and Amy is is like when somebody holds the back of your head uh-huh. and slam it into a desk. That's uh. what the the motion Amy's doing. And it Amy could feel that? 
She could feel her neck being grabbed. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. She said if doors are closed, this thing would get frustrated and run back and forth, slamming into the doors, trying to get in. Ooh. Trying to get into the, the room and the doors. She said it can go into people's bodies a little bit. She didn't say jumping, but she said it could go into them, takes their energy, makes them do things, and picks a person for this person to get angry at. Like, it's a very specified oh. anger. Um, okay. And it, it plans a, a specific person. So then we walk into Jarek's room. And remember, Jarek is the 15-year-old who mm-hmm. um, the thing slammed his, his leg. Oh, and she right, walks right. in and she goes, ooh, this thing does not like this person. She said oh. it's choking them. It's <gasps> very, very focused on this person. She said something with this person is triggering it, triggering the thing, and it's making uh-huh. it want to kill this person. Oh, God. And Matt asks, could it? So could it kill them? And Amy said, yeah, I don't know how it hasn't already. Oh, my God. Yeah. So um, she said the thing is from the house. So over time, the house has collected energy from people, and then it collected all of this energy, and it spit out this entity. Matt goes like PK, and she said, PK, or entities created by psychokinesis, are very powerful and can physically influence their environment. What's freaking me out about this one is that it was created by the house instead of a person. And that's something I've never seen before. And she said it's getting stronger, and it's really concerning her. So then we go, we walk outside um, and she's seen the angry woman again. And she's telling Amy 1910, 1915 and 1925 are very important years for her. She thinks the daughter-in-law did bad things and is blaming the land for her actions and, and how she became. And the land brings out the worst in people is essentially what this ghost is trying to say. Like, whatever I did, it wasn't my fault. It was the land. So then she sees a girl getting beat up. She sees her getting hit in the head. um, And she said the brunette gets knocked down. There's a male and the girl getting beat up knows him. She said she's feeling choked. She feels pressure on her neck. And then she hears a voice saying, I'm going to make you pay. Oh. Yeah. So we're not good. It's not good. No. Then we go to Amy and Phil. So we're at the reveal now. And so... Amy, the client, is very religious, and she said she doesn't think God is welcome here. Um, And then Amy, the medium, said she met a female and she felt like it was hell for her. She said her husband made her come here. She was going to give him a taste of his own medicine, and and Amy thinks that she killed him. And she said, then she said the years 1910, 1915, and 1925 are important years for her. And that's when Steve talks about 1925, because remember, that's when Willie McCoy got baptized and like instantly died. (laughs) Right, right. Amy said she was a sociopath. Bertha was a sociopath. She kept showing Amy horrible things that she did during her life. So then they talk about the basement. um, And and that's when Amy said that two people ran down the stairs. um, And Steve and Amy tell, Steve and Amy, the client, tell Amy, the medium, what happened, you know, when Amy, the client, was pushed. And Amy thinks it's the woman ghost doing that. Oh, um, she doesn't okay. think it's those things running down the stairs. Okay. So she said um, that's when she told them about the group of ghosts um, that she saw down there. She said the living would living would feel extreme fear, panic, anxiety. And then she said we go upstairs, everything changed upstairs. And she said it's really not good. 
This thing is physical. She said it's moving quickly in the hallway. Um, she said, it again, it looks like it came out of a swamp. It's very dark. Amy and her son, Jarek, see shadow figure moving back and forth down the hallway, just like pacing back and forth. Um, she said they hear doors slamming, doorknobs door rattling. Um, Matthias, um, the younger son, 10-year-old, when he's sleeping, it puts its hand on his face. Ugh. And Amy, the client, is just, you know, shaken up, which understandably. And she yeah. said Matthias is scared to death and won't sleep in his room. She mm. said he's scared to death of his room. Poor kid. Yeah. And so that's then Amy said this thing picks a person for uh, people to get angry at. Mm -hmm. And then that's when Amy and Phil are like, yeah, we argue about things that we've never argued about before. Mm -hmm. And she said Jarek is a lot less tolerant of his brother um, who's on the spectrum. And so, you mm -hmm. know, I'm sure before he was super tolerant and now he's mm -hmm. just not anymore. When she went into Jarek's room, she said, I feel really nervous about this. This thing wants to harm whoever is in that room without a doubt. And so that's, again, when Amy is, the client is, you know, which I don't blame her. Yeah. Steve is like, well, you guys called me in to see if you can stay here. And for that, I turn it over to Amy. It's like, <laughs> yes, you do, Steve. You're awesome. It's so active. So she talks about, she said, this case is cause for concern. Mm -hmm. It's a semi-functioning PK manifestation. And she thinks it's so active because she thinks that Jarek has PK abilities. And that's oh. why it's so drawn to him. I was going to say, he's at that age, you mm -hmm. know, that teenage, mm -hmm. when that stuff happens. Teenage angsty age, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. She said because there was already the PK ability there, and then he came in with his PK ability, she said it created a perfect storm. Mm. And so Steve is like, well, what can they do? And she said, honestly, you have to, you can't stay here. She said, if you stay here, you will die. Oh, and, my God. And or somebody will cause harm. She said, if you take Jarek away, the attacks will cease because it's, it's attached to the house. Mm -hmm. She said, you're not safe in this house. This thing will always exist with this house unless you demolish the house. Oh, my and God. So, yeah. And so at the end, they hired a real estate agent to sell their house. And the activity continues. Uh, that was a I've, I don't think it's very rare that I hear Amy tell people to leave. Usually she's got a solution, but you gotta go not. And that's the drawings that I sent you. Oof, yep. That that was the thing that's on yeah, Jarek. Yeah. Tell me more about what that yes. was. So I have to pull it up. That was the terrifying. Yes, it was. <laughs> so that was the swamp thing. Okay. Okay. So the sketch is. Let yep. Me go so it's find a, it again. It's it looks like a, a a boy, like a teenage boy, sleeping in a bed, and there's a like a little. It looks almost like you know, for like a small child height, and it's very dark, and yes. its hands look like very long fingers and it looks like it's made out of twigs just all out of like yep. sticks and twigs and one hand is on the boy's chest by his throat and the other hand is on his the upper part of his head covering his eyes while yes. he's sleeping in bed and it looks to me like this thing either this thing has tiny tiny legs or it is in the bed I think it's in the bed because they okay. both were talking about how, how tall it is. Okay. Or yeah, it it's looks... shrunk down 
to be a better size to do what it's doing to Jarek. Okay. Either one of those things is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like either one of them. Uh-uh. So then the other sketch I sent you, that is the um, sketch of the angry woman that Amy encountered first in the when she first got there in the yard. Okay. And that and is, the photo next to it is, is Bertha. Bertha. That's Bertha okay. Wilson. Um, okay. And she that's also the photo. I know the photo in that picture isn't very good, but I did send you the other two photos of her. Okay. Yeah, I got those too. And so, yeah, that's her. And so it's okay. without a doubt her. I mean, the, even the collar and the button-up collar is yep. her. Yeah. The hair's the same way, everything. So yeah, It does look like her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So that, that was a doozy of an episode. Like, Yeah. I just felt bad for that, that little kid. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's... And he's the one in the bed, right? Yeah. Yep, the 15-year-old is the one. Well, yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, I think you said it was the little kid that was being... Yeah, the the little kid was being smothered, but I think that was Jarek in the picture. Oh, oh, okay. I think so. So it's it's doing that to both Both of them, them. I guess. Yeah. Wow. But it really hates Jarek. She said it hates him and it wants to kill him. I wonder why. I wonder if it's because he has abilities and maybe this thing is thinking that it's going to challenge his ability. Well, and I wonder also, the other kid you said is on the spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. I wonder if he might have abilities too. Yeah. Because they didn't say where on the spectrum he is. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if it's a severe case or mm-hmm. more mild. That was, a, that was a doozy of a... I'll have to watch that one again. It was I don't good. remember it. Was it was good. Yeah, it That's, was really good. Usually when you do one, I'm like, oh, I remember this mm-hmm. or I remember part of it. I don't remember anything about that one. That was good. Well, this is where we're going to have our break and we're going to, uh, you're going to hear the promo for the podcast called Haunted or Hoax. It's so good. It is really good. They are. Yes. I think if you like them, you'll like us. It's some, I mean, if you like us, you'll like them Yeah. because we're kind of, it's kind of a similar tone. I thought that too. Yeah. yeah, Like Mm -hmm. we, you know, they trade off telling stories and the others, you know, ask questions and stuff. Mm -hmm. The other one asks questions. And they they do both paranormal and true crimey kind mm-hmm. of stuff and the intersection of them and yeah I think I think it's a really fun podcast I really like it and mm-hmm. uh, so yeah I do too you're gonna hear the promo yay promo hi hey I'm Kristen and I'm Jennifer and we are the hosts of Haunted or Hoax a paranormal investigation podcast where we investigate the legends not the ghosts our locations range from houses down in Savannah Georgia. But, like, how many bodies is too many bodies, you know? Probably. Are you putting a number on it? (laughs) Farmsteads up in rural New York. He just runs out into the lake and drowns himself, a la Virginia Woolf. To hotels in West Virginia. And then the next morning, he told the front desk how noisy the people in 409 were. And the staff said he was the only one on that floor. But what if he really wasn't? Like, what if they were just messing with him? Right. Like, oh, it's Adam. Let's let's fuck with him a little bit. Plus, once a month, we get together and go on a ghost tour and bring the legends and history to you. And having candy thrown off the shelves towards you sounds more like a teenager than a small child. Um, Yeah, because a small child would just stuff it right into their ghostly cheeks and run away. That's what I would do. 
Join us every Tuesday as we discuss the legends, history, and experiences from haunted locations. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Bye. Bye. Now it's Amy's turn. That cracked me up so much when you did that last time, especially when I played it at high speed. That was really funny. I like the drumroll. Yeah, the drumroll was really good. Speed that up by double and it's hysterical. Before I get started, I'm going to crack open my other sword knot. Just right in my face, why don't you? Sorry. Don't mind me, I've got my 45% ABV here, my little 30 (laughs) milliliters. Yeah, I'm not feeling anything from this, and I don't expect that I will. It's not that, oh, it's 187 milliliters. It's not bad, like, it's not a bad thing, it's just not Rebel. Yeah, and I might like yours better, because the Rebel is a little sweet for me. Yeah, you would like this then, because this is, you can definitely taste the alcohol in this. Oh, yeah. Well, you know... Last weekend, we went to the Legion mm-hmm. on Friday, mm-hmm. and it was kind of empty, and the bartender was just, like, making like making up drinks and giving nice. them to Greg and I to try. Yeah. And I'm like, thank God we only live a block away. Um, <laughs> but one of the things he gave me was a Bailey's with whiskey in it. And I was like, well, isn't Bailey's Isn't Bailey's already with already whiskey? Already whiskey? Yeah, yeah. That's redundant. So, but it was delicious. Wasn't and okay. so, when we got home, or maybe it was even the next night, I made a drink with this rebel uh-huh. with a little whiskey in it. How was it? It was very good. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. It was delicious. Yum. So, it can be used as a mixer as well because it is only 5%. Yeah. ABV. So, don't mix anything with this. You might die. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. That's 18 or something. That's more than 12 and a half. 12 and a half. Oh, okay. I guess it's, it's not like, that bad, but so. But it's like that's over, like wine. I mean, it's like double what yours is in less, yes. less amount. Yeah, yeah. It's not as good <laughs> as wine. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Give me a nice, good, solid wine. Red, I do though. like the mocha latte better than the caramel pecan one. That one's yeah. Really I like sweet. the mocha. I mean, that's really the only one I've had, so I don't really have much to go off of. But the vanilla latte is really good too. Is it okay? Mm-hmm. Yep. The caramel pecan is the only one I don't really like. And there was a fourth flavor, but I don't remember what it was. Oh, well. Anyway. Salted caramel? Yes. Yes. You're right. Salted caramel. That was good. Okay. So my episode originally aired into- probably going to scare me. Um, It (laughs) might. Oh, crap. (laughs) Um, I don't think that- yeah, just some of the some of the visuals and by that I mean like what Amy explains that she saw were pretty disturbing. Okay. Okay, so this takes place in Sedona, Arizona mm-hmm. at a restaurant called Relics Restaurant. I love that it rhymes too. I know. It used to be called Rainbow's End. Oh. And fun. then they changed it to Relics Restaurant. And I chose this one because it was recommended as one of the scarier ones by somebody in one of the Dead Files Facebook groups that I am in. So the client is Joe. He is the owner and operator of Relic's Restaurant. Mm -hmm. 
He's owned it for 13 years and has never had any experiences. <laughs> yeah. Steve, he and Steve are sitting down and he goes, so what kind of experiences have you had? And the guy's like, none. I haven't had any experiences. <laughs> I haven't had any experiences here or anywhere else in my life. Okay, not to be rude, but what the hell am I doing here then? <laughs> oh, Steve, I love you so much. I know. And the guy says that the employees and customers are both scared. They've all okay. seen stuff. And Joel believes that these things are happening and his, that experiences are genuine. And I thought, you know, what a nice guy that doesn't just think that because he can't see something, it doesn't exist. You know, mm-hmm. he's actually mm-hmm. listening to people and being like, oh, just because oh, I can't see it doesn't yeah. mean it's not real. Shocking. Pretty refreshing. Validating other people? What? I know. What's up with that? Who does that? <laughs> So he says that he has spent his life savings on the place and it would be devastating if Amy told him to leave. Mm. Mm-hmm. So Amy's first impression is she says, I really don't like it here. I really feel sick. Mm. And she said the living could develop ulcers, stomach problems, and she has feelings of being abandoned and unwanted. Oh, Amy, I want you. <laughs> I know. She hates everything in the room. The flooring, the bar, the tchotchkes. She said it all adds too much chaos to the environment. Amy hates it or she hates it on behalf of the spirits? She hates it because of the the physical things that are in the room are creating chaos for the spirits. And like, I think, yep. uh, I think too she's much going saying on. like it's, it's amping them up or it's okay. making it worse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She senses that people are probably falling down and getting burns and having accidents a lot. Oof. So then Steve is talking to Karen. Um, Karen is spelled K-A-R-Y-N. We're going to note that because that's coming up later. Okay. Um, Not in the episode, but in what I found later. She is Joe's business partner. And she's had a couple of things happen. Once a cup flew off a shelf and went about five to six feet, bounced off a table and crashed to the floor. Holy cow. Yeah. And Steve, always the worst case scenario guy, says that could have been a knife. Thanks, Steve. (laughs) In the dining room, she said that something brushed up against her. And Steve asked her if it was male or female. She said she didn't get a sense of its gender. Mm -hmm. And here's why. Go to Amy. She says, there's a dog, uh, but it's not a good dog. It's a bad dog. Bad dog. Bad dog. She said the living would feel things brushing up against them and causing accidents to happen. And we'll get back. We'll get more on that dog in a minute. Do we do we ever find out why it's a bad dog? We don't find out why, but we find out a little bit more. Okay. So then Steve is talking to Deborah. She is the office manager. She is a healer, a psychic and a medium. Oh, And she said there was a time a while ago when people that worked there were very argumentative and irritable with each other. She said it went on for a long time, but she made it seem like it was just a period that at one point, like it's not happening anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, She once saw a man sitting at the table at, at one of the tables in the dining room. And she had walked by him and then turned back around to introduce herself and he was gone. She described him to Steve and said that she could feel like he had a sense of ownership. Mm. And Steve said, if you were to see a sketch or a photo, would you be able to identify him? And she said, well, yes, in fact, I have. 
And there's his photo on the wall. And his name is Henry Frank Gibson. He's the former owner. And she had seen the photo several days after seeing the apparition. So then you go to Amy. She sees a male in his 50s who feels like the owner. So I'm assuming that's Gibson. Henry. Yep. She notes that something weird is going on with the dead here. She said the living are sensitive and will feel their deaths and probably not understand what they're feeling. What do you mean feel their deaths? Like feel when they died? Residu- like residual energy? Or- I think feel, yes, what their deaths were like. Oh, okay. Because they're sensitive. Like the one is a medium. You yeah. Know? Interesting that there's a medium on and they still yeah. called Amy in. Yeah. Maybe she's not a physical medium. Or she's not as trained as Amy. Yeah. Or maybe she tried to do whatever she could and it didn't yeah. work or I don't know. Interesting. I don't – have we ever had a, a show where there's been an, a medium on, bef- you know, other than Amy? I don't think we've had anybody that called themselves a medium. We've had plenty yeah. of sensitives. Right. Interesting. But I don't know. Maybe there – I'm thinking there must have been. Maybe there was one that we haven't covered. But granted, we haven't covered that many. <laughs> There's that, yes. If that's this, a, is our this is our eighth, eighth episode, episode, so this would be our 16th Seventh. show we've yeah. followed yeah. or covered. Okay, so Steve is now speaking to Jane. She is an employee. She's been there for five years. She's a hostess. She said one time she sat four ladies at a table and then went into the kitchen. When she came back, there were only three. And she asked them about the fourth one, and they said, no, there's only three of us. There's only been three of us. She's like, I I am positive I sat for women. So then Amy says that this, during her walk, that there are a group of beings here that are like smoke. They're not Mm. solid. You can see through them and their eyes are lights. That's crazy because mine was a, well, I guess mine was more of a, no, not the same thing. Never mind. (laughs) Never mind. Did you guys like that you took that journey with me as I worked it out in my mind? (laughs) That helps. It does. So these uh, these smoky beings uh, made her feel uncomfortable. And this is the part that I love. Ah! So (gasps) she explains, because Matt's like, the fuck? Yeah. And uh, she explains Say that, that. <laughs> she explains that these things are elementals. What does that mean? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> they are entities created by I nature. Had a sketch done. Just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, hang on. They are created by nature and not necessarily dangerous, but these ones are. These particular ones are a threat. Okay. Okay. So now Steve is talking to Heather. She is a former employee. She was a hostess and a server. She feels anxiety. She's sensitive. She feels anxiety, tightness. She can hear and feel energies around her. She's Mm -hmm. very sensitive to energy. Mm -hmm. She was in the bar one time and there was a man who was in her way. And she was trying to like, she had her tray and was trying to maneuver around him. And then he just disappeared. And Steve asked her to describe him. And she described him as being gruff looking and rough. And he was wearing a plaid shirt and he was dirty. And she said she also saw him in the kitchen. And Steve makes his comment. 
don't know if it's because it's being new age or this is a woo-woo type of town, but everybody seems to take what's going on here kind of, eh, we got ghosts, they throw things, no big deal. <laughs> I wonder if there seems to be a lot of, like, people with abilities. I wonder if they're drawn to this place. Oh, yeah, very well could be. Steve has such a way of words. But the woman responds with, well, yeah, that's just what goes on here. Like, huh? Another yeah, day, another, another ghost. Day. You know what I mean? Day in the life. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So Heather also talks about seeing dead people standing in the room amidst the diners. She said there's like five to 12 of them. And she tries to maneuver around them. And then they're not there. Yeah. She can't. They look real to her. They don't look like us. Yeah. So we go back to Amy, and she is extremely creeped out. And she says, everyone who has died here is set up like mannequins. <gasps> and we all know that it's never a mannequin. It's never a mannequin. Don't go jogging. It looks like their physical bodies are here, and their soul is stuck in their physical body. And they've been, like, propped up like mannequins. They can't talk or move. <gasps> what? I know. Oh, my God. I'm just picturing like a dead person tea party. You know, uh -huh. like because they're sitting in chairs and. Yeah, but I'm picturing like their eyes moving because they're yeah, stuck. Yeah. Like. And then she says. Oh, this is creepy. Me neither, Amy. Nope. I don't like it either. Nope. Steve's now investigating in town, and he had heard about uh, a, a murder about a guy that died in the parking lot. So he taught, he finds the nephew of this Ooh, man. Good job, Steve. I know. His name was George Nelson. Not the nephew. I don't know the nephew's name. It is considered an open case still. They still have not solved this case. But in on May 25th, 1957, the restaurant was called Rainbow's End. And George Nelson was with two of his buddies and two women. Uh, they were in a car leaving the place. They had just been there having drinks for the night, and they picked up these two ladies. Sure. George is in the passenger seat. His friend is driving, and another friend is in the back with the ladies. The friend who was driving was married, and a guy in the back seat <gasps> had a girlfriend. Cheaters never prosper. <laughs> and they passed by a car that was sitting at the side of the road. And the car begins to follow them. George says to the guy in the back seat, you better duck down. Your girlfriend's following us. And then boom, gunshot <gasps> hits George in the head. And there's total chaos. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, his, his friend who was driving just turned around and went back to the restaurant because that's probably the closest, mm -hmm. you know, where there would be any kind of help. Because this isn't yeah. a pretty rural area, I think. So he gets back to the restaurant and George dies in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. I did do some research on this and I found a little bit of stuff. Nothing really, not much, but I did find a couple other details. For example, his the top of his head was blown off. Holy Like shit. above the eyebrows. Ooh! And a big gun. He was still alive when they drove back to the parking lot. So Very JFK. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the girlfriend was never even questioned about the shooting. 
Of course. And not. she's a woman. She couldn't, couldn't do have that. Been her. And officially, this murder is still unsolved. So then we go to Amy. She sees some sort of gunfight. Someone got shot with a shotgun. He's a guy. He's young. And it takes him a while to die. She can feel it in her head. And she said it hurts so bad. And she can't get away from him. She's like, she's in pain. And she's trying to, like, separate from him. And she can't. Mm-hmm. Bless her. Uh-huh. So... Steve meets with the county sheriff, Scott Mash, Mache, oh, M-A-S-H-E, who tells him about a local guy who was run over by a car near the property in 2006. This guy used to be a regular at the restaurant. His name is Randy Lee Austin. He was a drifter. So on April 4th of 2006, he was at Relics and he left at dark. He was seen crossing the street. And people were watching him, like, from the windows. And he just walked across the street, laid down in the middle of the street, face down, and was run over by a car. <gasps> yeah. And then we go to Amy, and she says, oh, there's another death here. Something about a car accident. She what? said this person fucked up their back really badly. Wow. And she sees the dog here in mm-hmm. relation to this. Mm-hmm. And she said, here's where we find out more about this dog. She mm-hmm. said, if the living encounter the dog... It can be like a harbinger of death. Once they've interacted with the dog, they are marked to die. Really? Yep. Ooh. So now I'm worried about Karen. Yeah. Who bumped into the dog. Yeah. Uh Uh-oh. So Amy says that some people who start their dying process here are either stuck in their death state or turn into these mannequin type things. Oh, no. I hope we find out how to free these mannequin things. Um, yeah. Sort of. (laughs) So, uh, Steve says, and I've heard him say this before, you can pretty much throw a dart at the map of the U.S. and hit a spot where the Native Americans got the shaft. He's not wrong. No, he's not wrong. So Steve meets with Melissa Bowersock, an author, to talk about what she called the removal. So there were two tribes here back in the Mm mid-1400s, the Apache and the Yavapai. Mm -hmm. In 1872, there was the Skeleton Cave Massacre. Well, that sounds fun. Doesn't it? Yeah. American soldiers were told to round up all the natives and bring them to another reservation. But there were some Apaches holed up in a cave, and when they were found, they fought back. Obviously. The soldiers killed 75 of them and captured another 30. And then she shows him a photo of the uh, skeleton, why that's called the skeleton cave. It is a picture of a bunch of skeletons when they found, when they found these bodies that were, I guess, when they found the skeletons of all these dead Native Americans. Ooh. Yeah, that's creepy. Wow. That is super creepy. Yeah. It looks like they're posed even. I was just going to say, like, they look posed. They're, they don't look like they died that way. Yeah. And I wouldn't put weird. it past the Americans back then to have posed them that way. Listeners, check out our socials. It just seems like that's something that soldiers would have done back then to further, yeah. what sort, just, like, dishonor. Disrespect. Yeah, yeah, disrespect them. For sure. Yeah, the woman, she did say that whites didn't see the, she called them Indians, but the whites didn't see them as humans. No, they didn't. So then Amy, we go back to Amy. She says a Native American came up to her and she saw a lot of people not being able to rest. 
They're unhappy and there's lots of crying. There was a time when the dead were happy, but then at some point they were awakened and then now they're unhappy and crying. Matt asked her how long ago and she said, it was dirt, <laughs> which I thought was a funny way to answer that. <laughs> she meant like there was no building here or anything. Yeah. It was just land, whatever. It was dirt. It was dirt, Matt. Obviously. She said, <laughs> she said there's so much illness and mental anguish and she feels panic and chaos. The living people could form disorders, like mm-hmm. she's like like, like real, disorders. real disorders, yeah. like anxiety, yeah. esophagus issues, stomach issues. Wow. So then she, we go to the sketch, and she is doing a sketch of the mannequin people. Ooh, I don't like that. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so here we are at the reveal. It is Joe, Deborah, and Heather, and Joe is the owner. Deborah and Heather are the. Deborah still works there. Heather used to work there. Heather, well, it's a three-person. They usually only do two. Yeah. Amy says there's a lot of chaotic energy, specifically in the wood flooring, that, that it's a real problem, and the other other random objects. She said the bar is bad, and the objects that are on display in the back room. And I'm like, why can she see objects that are on display in the back room? Yeah. I thought all that stuff was like cleared out. Put away or hidden or something. But now that I'm thinking about it, I don't recall them ever saying anything about going in and clearing the place. It's tough, though. I know they've talked about it before with restaurants and and public places because it's really tough. Uh, There's so much stuff on the walls, too. It'd be really hard to do everything. You'd think they'd at least do some of it. Yeah. Unless it was stuff that wasn't – that wouldn't give her any clues. Yeah. Like little tchotchke things and not necessarily like photos or – Right. And maybe it – I mean, it obviously she got something from those objects, mm-hmm. but it's probably a good thing that they were there because if they weren't, she wouldn't have seen. She would have wondered where all the chaos is coming from, right. or maybe the chaos would be there if the objects were removed. Yeah. Oh, good so, point. Anyway, she explains that the thing causing the accidents is this dog, and I really wish that she had sketched the dog because I, I really know. wanted to see that. But she said, if they see or hear the dog, the person might die. It's not a cause. But it foretells death. Then she talks about the younger male in the bar who was shot and it took some time to die. Mm-hmm. So I assume that's George yep. from the car. Yep. Amy says she felt another death in the kitchen and she mentions the car accident. She mentioned that her back hurt. So I'm guessing Probably that's the guy that got run over. Run over, yeah. Uh-huh. If it's him, she said it's unfortunate because he's stuck in his death state. <gasps> So then Steve tells the story of the regular who laid down in the road and was run over. And she thinks it could be him. Mm -hmm. And she said, it's, that's really sad if it is. Mm -hmm. I wonder what caught, like, I wonder what caused him to do that. Like, did something come over him and do it or? You know, it's funny. Steve asked that to the man who was telling him the story that I guess it was the sheriff. Mm -hmm. Why would he be laying down on the road though? Well, he was an alcoholic. Like, that nah, doesn't, nah, that's not good enough. No, that's not good enough. There are lots of alcoholics that get drunk and don't go and lay in the middle of the road to get run over by a car. Exactly. So Amy talks about the front dining room and she s- explains about these smoky gray black things with lights for eyes. And they replay the part where she screams because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what she, when she went and saw them. Mm-hmm. 
Plus, that's just good TV. Yeah. (laughs) She tells them about how these entities are elementals and they have been collecting people. And there's about 10 of them. She said over the years, they've they've, uh, acquired these and the dead people are trapped here. And then Heather tells them about the people that she's seen in the dining room. Mm -hmm. And then Amy says, well, I had a sketch done. And it is a little hard to see. I I have to try to get a better picture of this before I post it. But so you can see the there's three big beings, right? With each of them with two eyes. Hang on. So when I first looked at it, I thought that the white streaks were the beings. Yeah. But they're not. They're the three. They're three smoky beings, three black and then they have the eyes, and then the things that are coming out the eyes are just to show that they're lights. I don't. Oh, 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 <gasps> oh! Those are oh. <laughs> yeah. Once you know what you're looking at, it's pretty creepy. I thought those were. I don't. Need, I. I. Mm, I yeah, don't like it. Eyes. I don't like it. And then all those people sitting in the chairs are the uh, dolls, the mannequins. So that's terrifying. Yeah. Steve asks what the smoky figures want with the dead people. And Amy says they're collecting them because they think they're beautiful and they treat them like dolls. She thinks it's highly likely that the dolls are the people that they've spoken about. The drifter Mm -hmm. that was run over and the man who was shot in the head. Mm -hmm. One of the women is really worried about the souls that are stuck here and wants it addressed. And then Amy says, it's bad. It's really bad. Great. So on to suggestions, Amy says the entire location needs to be cleaned once per month for six months to remove all the residual energy that has been collected. Cleaned by like a spiritual cleaning or like physical cleaning? I think she cleaning. just like clean, clean. Yeah. You know, she didn't really, because I've, I've heard her say that before in other cases and they're like, we mean like soap and water? And she's like, yeah. That's pretty bad that you have to have a medium come in and tell you you have to clean. You better clean this shit up. Better fucking clean this shit up, Deborah. (laughs) (laughs) So then she says a shaman and a medium who are willing to work together must come in. The shaman will reach out to the the elementals to appease them. Mm -hmm. Then the medium will help the dead to move on. Some might be confused and will need assistance. And then the dog will go too. The shaman will not get rid of the smoky people, but will send a clear message or intention that they are seen and respected and they will stay, but not trap any more souls. Good. So then poor Joe goes, so what you're telling me is. They'll leave, but these guys are still here with the scary eyes shooting down in my dining room. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, but nobody else can really see them, buddy. Yeah, and he can't see them, so I don't know why he cares. Why do you care? And then once a week, they have to make an offering to the elementals. She suggested they go to a metaphysical store, and whatever object they're pulled to, they should bring it back and offer it to the elementals. And Joe says he's willing to try it. Absolutely. It's worth it. So the update is that Joe is searching for a medium and a shaman, and the activity continues. continues. Well, at least he's open. Yeah. So I did some research on this property to see what was going mm-hmm. on with it. Mm-hmm. According to Open Table, the restaurant is permanently closed. Uh, the Open Table site does say that someone named Karen DeSalvo is the co-owner and chef. 
So then I searched Karen DeSalvo and mm-hmm. I see a Karen DeSalvo with an E. Mm-hmm. And it's like somebody who's running, who is a, like a po- politician. It's not her. Oh, okay. So then I looked it up and there is still a website for this restaurant. Really? Okay. And so I sent them an email asking <gasps> if they would, if they had anything. Updated? Yeah. If they had any updates or anything I could tell our listeners. What'd they say? Anything? Uh, they have said nothing so far. I've heard nothing back. Rude. So I found it on Zillow and it is estimated, the estimated price is $1.65 million. It's oh, a wow. really cool property. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of odd. On October 17th, 2013, it was listed mm-hmm. for sale at $2.7 million. And the next day, the listing was removed. Really? So then I did a search on the property info, and it is named. It is owned by someone named Joe mm-hmm. with a secondary owner named Karen. Really? So Joe and Karen have the same last name, but she has a hyphenated last name. Huh. So I don't know if she's his wife or yeah. what, but apparently he still owns it. Along really? with Karen. But it's not open, according to Open Table. Yeah. And the website, I really couldn't tell from the website if it was open or not. Really, what didn't really indicate. I mean, it kind of made it sound like it was open, mm-hmm. but it didn't say, like, you know, call for reservations or anything like that. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's actually open right now. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, what a story. I don't yep. like your drawings. <laughs> I know the idea that these, Dead people are collected and treated like dolls set around a table. That's terrible. Can you imagine sitting at one of those tables and like the medium can see that you're like sitting on a ghost person? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's creepy. Yeah. And can the ghost feel you sitting on them? I don't know. Oh, my God. What if I'm sitting on a ghost now? I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Activity Continues. We hope you had fun. Please feel free to drop us a note at theactivitycontinues at gmail.com or PM us on all of our socials. We'd love to hear from you. What Dead Files episode should we cover next? Or you can send us your own paranormal stories and we'll read them on the show. Have a great week and we'll see you next time when The, the Activity, activity Continues. continues. The Activity Continues podcast is produced by me, Amy, at Collected Sounds Media and is a part of the independent Collected Sounds podcast network. Nailed it.